this week's episode of Proper English is brought to you by the pronunciation of contractions, part two, the difference between bored and boring, and the idiom, the elephant in the room. And I'm Dave. And we'd like to welcome you to our podcast, which, as you know, is called Proper English. English. If you're learning English and you want to know how to pronounce I apostrophe V E, if you're not sure if you're bored or boring, <laughs> if you're puzzled by a mistake we made in a previous episode, then this episode of Proper English is just the thing for you. We first had a look at contractions in episode 26. Just to remind you, a contraction is a word or phrase that is shortened by omitting one or more letters and replacing them with an apostrophe. We're pretty much going to focus on pronunciation here. We find that our students tend to have had really good grammar instruction. They know the rules. Sometimes better than us. Yeah. But it's the pronunciation that flummoxes them. Yes, we've noticed that our students often avoid using contractions because they're not confident with the pronunciation. But it's a shame, as native English speakers use them a lot. And it's a relatively easy way to sound more native-like, if that's what you're aiming for. So, listen up. Good phrasal verb. Oh, aye. And we'll tell you about some more contractions you might want to work on. Last time we focused on contractions for the verb to be. Let's look at to have. OK, so... I have becomes I've. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. (laughs) You have becomes you've. You've lost that loving feeling. And he has becomes he's. I don't know this song. There's no song for this one. Right, okay. Uh, (laughs) He's for cats. Yeah, we don't really use that very often. No. We nearly always use got. Uh, in combination with that, uh, as in, he's got four cats, because it sounds better. Yeah, it does. But got isn't necessary. Yeah, it's just that we do that. Yeah. You can compare it with he has four cats. Mm, That doesn't sound clumsy. That sounds quite nice. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, go on. She has becomes she's. She's lost control. Hold on a minute. Hmm? Didn't you use that example last time? I did, Dave. And you know what? I made a mistake. You made a mistake? Oh, I was <laughs> I was supposed to give an example of she is. I got in a muddle because oh. it uses the same contraction. Yeah. Not one single listener got in touch to point out our mistake, though. So we would have got away with it if I hadn't been so honest. Well, well it's best to be honest, is, I think. So the next one is for it. It has becomes it's. I can't eat this soup. It's got a fly in it. You. <laughs> We have becomes we've, we've got tonight. Oh, and the rest of our lives. (laughs) And finally, they, they have becomes they've. I might be a bit late because they've changed the train times. Now it's time for What's the Difference? What's the difference? What's the difference between bored and boring? Now, we hear these two words being misused quite frequently when we're teaching on italki. It always makes me a bit sad when a student says, I was boring. Oh, it's so sad. They are both adjectives describing a negative feeling. Bored describes how a person felt or might feel. For example, 
the children were bored because they had to stay inside. Or, I don't think you should watch the football match, Ali. You might be bored. Good advice. Oh, yeah. Boring, on the other hand, describes a situation or an event. I don't watch football because I find it boring. I'm always pleased when I see Dave's done the washing up because it's so boring. I find it quite therapeutic, actually. <laughs> right, back to contractions. Sometimes, of course, we want to use a negative form. We can't use more than one contraction simultaneously. So I have not can't become I've not. Oh, no, don't ever do that. No, we have two <laughs> options. Either I've not or I haven't. I've not brought my glasses with me. I haven't brought my glasses with me. So following on from that, you've not or you haven't. You've not got time for a cup of tea. I know you're obsessed, but, you, you know, you haven't got time for a cup of tea. Hmm. He's not or he hasn't. He's not got my birthday present yet. He hasn't got my birthday present yet. Hmm. She's not or she hasn't. She's not seen a birthday present hidden in the back of the wardrobe or she hasn't seen her birthday present hidden in the back of the wardrobe. It's not or it hasn't. That can't be our car. It's not got enough scratches on it. <laughs> that can't be our car. It hasn't got enough scratches on it. <laughs> oh, mucky. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a bit of a mucky car. Uh, anyway, uh, we've not, or we haven't. We've not got room in the fridge for more cheese. Or we haven't got room in the fridge for more cheese. They've not, or they haven't. They've not got any ripe avocados in the shop. They haven't got any ripe avocados in the shop. And now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? A quick reminder about using idioms. When they're used properly, they sound really native-like. And if you use one correctly when chatting to a native English speaker, you will very likely make them smile. This is because on some level, we know they're strange and hard to use. So when we hear a non-native speaker use them, it impresses us. However, if you don't quite get it right, it does sound a bit awkward. Mm. Now... In conversation practice with a tutor or a friend, don't let this stop you from having a go. You really need to play around with language to master it. So don't be afraid to mess up and make mistakes in these situations. But when you're in a formal situation like an interview, and especially an English exam, don't use an idiom unless you're really sure you've got it spot on. The elephant in the room. What a great idiom. As with so many others, it immediately creates a mental image. It uses just five words, but so cleverly. Not an elephant in the room, the elephant in the room. The room that we are in right now. So when it is used, the implication is we all know exactly what the elephant is that is being referred to. How many elephants can there be? What kind of room are we in if there's an elephant? <laughs> this is, of course, a metaphor, Dave. Ah. We use it to mean that there is something, something big that we really ought to be talking about, but we're not. We're ignoring it. We're probably ignoring it because to talk about it makes us uncomfortable. Maybe it's embarrassing or controversial or likely to cause an argument. Mm. The people in the room have tacitly agreed not to discuss it. Good word, tacitly. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not a phrase that I knew growing up. I can't remember when I first heard it, but it was well into adulthood. The reason for that might be because it seems to be American in origin. Mm -hmm. I say seems to be because 
as is often the case, no one seems quite sure of the origin, but its earliest usage seems to be in the USA. Let's give an example of how to use it. Go on, Lynn. We were in a staff meeting and we'd spent ages talking about the budget when finally one colleague said, when are we going to talk about the elephants in the room? The boss looked embarrassed, but my colleague pressed on. Are you going to be sacking someone? Ooh, on that bombshell. <laughs> Here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. We hope you've had fun listening in on our conversation, even though it took a bit of a dark turn then. <laughs> Have you told everyone you know about us? Your friends, your family, anyone who's studying or learning English. Why not like this episode and leave us a nice review? Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Email us at properenglish, all one word, at sapo.pt with your suggestions for future podcasts. And of course, you can join us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, where we frequently answer questions you have about English grammar. So, until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper English. English.